Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 22nd. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there, Casey Daniels 317. And right now, if you'd like to see how high Rob's hair can get, check him out on YouTube. Yeah. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Yeah, it's hard to do with these headphones. Hang on here just a second. What, what are really... you doing? You're like fluffing up your hair. Okay, very good. You, you've you got the Doc Brown look going today, for uh, sure. Well, you know, one of the things is that, you know, when I was younger, Casey, I had an incredible, and we've laid this out in mm-hmm. the We Grow Hair Indie ads, um, I had an incredible head of hair. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was, <laughs> I mean, women loved me and men wanted to be me. Okay. And then obviously, as we've laid out in the We, we Grow Hair Indie ads, uh, it started to deteriorate. It, I, you know, it's like any great civilization, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some poor choices along the way, some poor lifestyle choices caused it to start falling out. And We Grow Hair Indie has restored much of it. I mean, you're never absolutely going to 100% go back to, hey, when I was 21 years old. I also didn't want that because that, to me, would have been weird to look the way you looked when you were 21 at 39. But, of course, they did a phenomenal job putting this, uh, you know, just cavalcade of disaster back together. And now you can see it in real mm-hmm. time over mm-hmm. at the uh, the YouTube uh, the YouTube feed. And you're feeling the need to fluff it up. Speaking of, well, I want to give the audience something to look at. Okay. Hey, uh, let's talk about what's going on with President Biden. Speaking of cavalcade of disaster. <laughs> yeah, right. He went to Lahaina yesterday and uh, during the speech, he was telling the audience that he could relate to them because his house caught fire back in 2004. And this, so this is, uh, funny is not the right word because obviously no. there's nothing funny about any of this. But yesterday, Casey and I were uh, after, it was after we had had Tony Kennett on the show because mm-hmm. Tony Kennett is on the ground in Maui. Mm-hmm. Casey and I were talking about Biden seems like the worst person you could possibly send as a president into an event like this. And we had long said, you know, how could you not have sent him to East Palestine, Ohio? 200 days now. Plus. And we got our answer yesterday because Casey said, you know, in a very flippant way, because Biden's an idiot and a moron, said, you said he'll probably say something stupid like about the time his kitchen caught on fire. And I'll be darned, Casey. That's exactly what he did. That's what he said. Yeah. The difference is that when his kitchen caught fire, it was a small fire. It was contained and under control in 20 minutes, and there was no loss of life. Yeah, so Biden's house apparently was legitimately hit by lightning. Like, that really happened. But nothing else that he tries to describe is remotely relatable to the people. I mean, you've got people who have lost their homes, their businesses— Everything around them has crumbled. I mean, Tony Kennett laid it out yesterday for us. If you got out alive, yeah. which there could be, they still don't know. I mean, there's estimates that it's anywhere between 200 and 1,000 people that are dead. They still don't know. I mean, it is a, a just a colossal disaster. And this guy goes out in front of this, in front of the people of this island, mm-hmm. and as he always does, has to make it about himself. And he uses the most, I mean, I, I tweeted this out yesterday at Robin Kendall on Twitter. On a scale of one to 10, 
This is 10,000 on the offensive scale. And it is probably, and this is really saying something for Joe Biden, the most offensive thing he's ever said. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to I want to point something out that he did say while he was there. So let's listen to it. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. No, there's no expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette. He's comparing losing his sports car to people losing family members. And he didn't almost lose his wife. The thing was put out in about 20 minutes. Yeah. His wife was not in, in, in any danger. According to all accounts of people who were there, who wrote about it at the time, multiple publications covered the thing, certainly not radical right-wing places that are interested in debunking Joe Biden. I mean, it is. I now understand why they refused to send him to East Palestine, Ohio. I now get it. Because he... he it's, he's trying to relate, but completely, no. totally, wholly missing the he's mark. He's not trying to relate, Casey. He's a narcissistic ass who only cares about himself and has to make everything about himself. And that's his default position is to talk about how, hey, you people may think you have it bad, but you have no idea how bad I have it. He was a sitting United States senator who was motorcated to a national television show. And because he lives in a very upscale area, which no doubt has very fine, as a U.S. senator, public safety amenities, he was inconvenienced for a very short period of time. And the worst thing that happened to him was his Corvette was almost damaged. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to equate. They are, Tony Kennett laid out yesterday, they are digging people out of rubble right now. They're digging through ash and metal, trying to identify DNA. People have missing family members. They don't know if they're just... If they're perished, if they're missing, they're not communicating. And and he's saying he almost lost his 67 Corvette. Look, and I say this as someone who essentially lost a building in a natural disaster. disaster. So I, I have some relatability now. When hurricanes hit where my place of business was, there was not immense loss of life. But that might be a area where you could say I have some relatability to you people in the sense of I, you know, the building had to be gutted, et cetera, whatever. But even that is not the same. When you are digging people's people's bodies out of rubble, Casey, mm-hmm. nothing is the same as that unless you have lost someone in a natural disaster. Nothing is the same. Because you know what? Buildings, even if they are destroyed, those can be replaced. This guy just... He just always seems out of touch. Uh, just can't. 
he never. I was going to say meet the moment. He never seems to meet the moment. But that I don't even want that. I just want the guy not to be a, hor- a horrific human being who only cares about himself. Yeah, the New York Post is even describing the fire at his place as an insignificant fire. Insignificant compared to the largest and deadliest wildfire in this country. He said that he's going to do everything possible to help with the recovery. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he is. All right, let's uh let's catch our breath for a moment. We got a bunch of Trump stuff when we come back. Mm-hmm. 73% of Republicans say Trump should do this debate. Yeah. Uh, Ron DeSantis is uh, is sounding off on Trump not doing the debate. And we've got Bond set for Donald Trump. Yeah, we'll get to it coming up from 93 WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's another he keeps texting me. He keeps emailing me. I'm talking about Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Boy, does Ron DeSantis want my vote and my money. Did you apparently. win? Did you win? The, <laughs> no, you, you, I did not win the trip to the uh, debate. Did they announce who did win? I haven't seen it. But he did send out this note that said Governor Ron DeSantis is also the first choice, second choice, and being actively considered by 61% of likely caucus goers. That is in line with Donald Trump's 63% footprint in the state. And, of course, Donald Trump is citing this new CBS poll where he has, quote, legendary numbers at 62%, 46 points above Ron uh DeSantis. You wanted to say to Sanctimonious, did. didn't you? You almost <laughs> yeah, did it, didn't you? Uh-huh. Did. I saw The branding you. is working. Yes. But that is why uh, Donald Trump is saying that he's not going to be going to the debates because he has such a commanding lead. However, many GOP voters want him to go to the debate. In fact, 73%. Yeah, so CBS YouGov did a poll of GOP primary voters and 73% said Trump should do the debate in some capacity. I think they had, uh, you know, various ways that they worded this. And it will be interesting to see what, if any, fallout there is from him not doing this. Mm -hmm. Because he should go if you're a person who is actually interested in transparency and accountability to the public at large, and whether you're the biggest Trump fan or the least biggest Trump fan, you should want your candidate, your preferred candidate, to lay out his vision for the country. And look, Biden's not going to give him a free pass. I mean, assuming Biden can find the stage next fall. (laughs) So why not get yourself sharpened up here? I mean, if you can take the arrows from Christie and, uh, you know, whoever else is gunning for him, DeSantis, et cetera, then you're going to be much better off when Biden... Look, I thought one of the reasons... Trump was a disaster in those debates with Biden in 2020. And I don't know if it was because he had the serious COVID issue or what, but that first debate, he behaved like a lunatic. I was listening at the time to the debate on the radio on WIBC. I was actually coming back from the western part of the state and I was listening on the radio, so I had no visual, just the audio. And I was 
like in my car going, what, what, this is horrific. I mean, he was talking over the moderator. He was talking over Biden. He wasn't letting anybody answer questions. And I think the biggest difference between, between 2016, where I thought he did a really good job against Hillary, was he went through all those debates with Rubio and Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and Jeb. And I thought that made him a, a much better debater against Hillary. I thought he won those debates against Hillary and he didn't have any sort of preparation in terms of somebody to spar with in the lead up to Biden. You think that it'll be a more difficult debate, Trump versus Biden, than Trump versus DeSantis or Ramaswamy no, or Scott? No, no, no. I, I think I think uh I think they will be better debaters, which will make it easier. It's like doing anything else. It's like more practice. Weightlifting. If you're trained, sure. if you're lifting, you know, forty pound barbells and then somebody's like, hey, lift this twenty pound barbell. Well, it's a lot easier because you're used to lifting the, the the 40s. And let's face it, whoever the Democrat nominee for president is, whether it's Biden or Gavin Newsom or Kamala or whoever, the media is going to totally be in the tank. Whoever the moderator is is going to be unfriendly. So get used to it. Just get out there and show them what you got. Just 9% of the voters say that they would like Trump's opponents to actually put an emphasis on making the case against Donald Trump. So what people want to hear from the other people in the debate is what they're going to do, not what Donald Trump is doing. So Ron DeSantis was asked about Trump not showing up to the debate stage, and he said this. What do you think about the fact that the former president is not going to be on the debate stage next to you, and you won't get a chance to put this directly to him? Everybody should debate. Everybody has a responsibility to earn people's votes. Nobody is entitled to anything in this world, less of all the Republican nomination for president. Uh, so I'm going to be there. I'm going to be making the case. And this is really a great opportunity because I don't think very many people over the summer have been following it that closely. I think this is going to be the first time where candidates are going to be able to speak unfiltered uh, to a, a large number of Americans. And so I'm going to make the case that under Joe Biden, this country is in decline. We need to send Biden back to his basement in Delaware and reverse the country's decline. And I'm the guy that can do it. I've proven it in the state of Florida, uh, and I won't let people down as the next president. I think without Trump being there, these other candidates are going to have an opportunity to speak and get their point across. Nobody's wa- going to watch, though, Casey. I'm going to watch. What? I'll be there. Casey, we went through this yesterday. I know. Uh, the, it is, you are not the person that these people need to be watching because look you're going to be you're super into it you're a member of the media you, you could be soon be a part of an award-winning radio program <laughs> uh, did you know we got nominated for a major award did you hear that yeah um and so as such you're you're invested in it yeah they need the average person to watch and when king kong is not on the stage I just think the average person is like, well, these are just a bunch of boring politicians, yeah. and why would I waste two hours out of my day? So Donald Trump said that uh, he is going to turn himself in on Thursday in Fulton County, Georgia, after he Brilliant. was indicted. Brilliant. The night after the debates. Brilliant. So yeah. there, so he's going to go, and this is why Trump is just heads and tails. I mean, it's what is all saying? He's playing chess and they're playing checkers. Donald Trump is a marketing genius. You say whatever you want about the guy and his politics or whatever. The guy is one of the most brilliant marketers and provocateurs and showmen who ever lived. So think about what he's going to do. He's going to go on with Tucker Wednesday. Uh, while the debate is on. Uh-huh. And then the very next morning, 
he will be there bright and early to get his mug shot and post his bond so that nobody is going to be talking about. So if somebody has a moment, let's say it's DeSantis or it's Tim Scott or whoever. That soundbite's going to be drowned out by Trump. Exactly. Yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. what I, I say this is somebody who thinks he totally should debate. He should totally be there. Transparency. It makes me think less of him because he's not going to do it. But I'm also not going to lie to our audience and go, he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's yeah. doing. He said, can you believe it? I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia on Thursday to be arrested by a radical left district attorney, Fannie Willis. $200,000 bond. What you talking about, Willis, has given him a $200,000 bond. Yeah, $200,000. I, I, could you do that? Could you swing that bond? Remember in, um, <laughs> you ever see, you've seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Remember in Dumb and Dumber where they go to that dinner and they're all dressed up and the guy stops them and goes, uh, I'm sorry, gentlemen, this is a $500 a plate dinner. Mm-hmm. And he starts reeling off the 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 just wad of money because yeah. it's not it's not theirs. And he goes, oh, okay, put us down for four in case we want seconds. <laughs> do you think do you think that's how Trump is when they say it, your bond 200,000? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, let, let me get that. Uh, will you take it in 20s? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got Micah Beckwith who's going to join us next with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I do my best to WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. He is the last great hope for not only humanity, but also the state of Indiana. Pastor Micah Beckwith. No pressure. Joins us now. No pressure, Micah. What's up, guys? How you doing this morning? Oh, we're doing just fine. Hey, Kyle Hupfer called it quits, just like we said he was going to a month ago. Uh, and immediately, uh, insert stooge number two. Holcomb says uh, Hupfer out. Anne Hathaway, I want her in uh these people just never change in the indiana republican party what say you yeah i mean i think that it would be sort of the same direction i think what a lot of uh, especially the grassroots conservatives of indiana are saying they're saying hey no, we want to go back to that faith and family principled party i mean we we believe that faith and family are the foundations of our of our whole society you can't build a strong economic house you have morally declining society. And I think, unfortunately, from Kyle Hupfer and from Eric Holcomb's leadership, they've, they've forgotten all about the faith and family side. And, and, you know, I've heard, I don't know them personally, so I don't want to speak um, out of turn here. But no, I go ahead. Heard- speak, speak. Go ahead. No, you'll be fine. <laughs> Say whatever you want. No, I mean, but, but here's what I have heard that they're just not very concerned with faith and family values. It's a lot more like jobs, 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 economics, economics, economics. But and I'm all for creating jobs in a, in a strong economy. But you can't have a strong economy when you're when the moral fabric of your culture is decaying right right out from underneath you. And and I think that's the problem with the I think Kyle Huffer and Eric Holcomb would have been phenomenal leaders had they just put the proper emphasis on faith and family values and they and they just didn't. So I think if you know the nomination of Anne Hathaway I think is the same the same. I think she would be uh very much in, in that align with alignment with Kyle where it's like we don't really want to focus on the social issues. We just wanna we just want to do all the jobs and economic stuff. Well, and, and I got no case what's happening here, but real quick, I would be fine with the jobs if it actually meant lower taxes. The problem is all the jobs and economic development, it just ends up with Holcomb and Hupfer and the current Republican legislature, more government, bigger government, bigger government expense. They go out of their way to not pass the savings on to the people. Well, I think that's probably the, the moving further away from faith 
right? If you if you have a strong core conviction in your faith and you understand the Judeo-Christian ethic, you recognize how important it is to get the government off of the backs of people and to give the people the the freedom to make their own decisions and their own choices. And 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 again, like and I'm not saying that. They don't know that, but I think when it's not in your core convictions, it's very easy to get pulled into this, you know, well, the government can do it for you. Well, the government's the answer. Well, the government is our savior. Well, the government is our God. And it just moves down to that progression. And so if you don't constantly have that faith conviction to go back and say, whoa, 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 we're created with inalienable rights by a creator who, who calls us to worship him and no one else. Government is not our God. Government is not our provider. Government is not our answer. It is it is our God has given us the freedom to be able to go out and conquer on our own. We just got to get the government out of the way, and then you'll see great things happen all across our our communities and and our state. And so, again, when you lose the faith principles and those core convictions of faith and family values, that's when big government starts rearing its ugly head. And so that's why it's so important. You need people of faith. To, to carry the mantle when, when they're stewarding this type of power. Micah, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Oh, that's <laughs> the wrong word to use there, Casey. I know, advocate. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're talking about putting the focus on family, but if we don't have economic stability within the family, that puts a lot of undue pressure on the family, which does not lead to success. Yeah, that's right. Well, and and again, it's a it's a walk and chew gum at the same time kind of kind of concept. Yes, we need to focus on how can we incentivize good behavior economically for families. Uh, uh, I'll give you an example. You know, Pastor Nathan at, at Life Church. He's uh, when he when he came to Indianapolis, he, him and his wife were very you know living very very uh, uh, frugally on a on one income. He was a youth pastor at, the, at our Eagle Creek campus at the time, and this was probably twenty years, uh, fifteen twenty years ago now, and he. Um, he, they they got disincentivized by for having a child uh, within the the marriage covenant. So they were married. They had a they had a child. They couldn't barely afford ends meet, and they went for government assistance. And they said, "Well, because you're married, you don't qualify." Hmm. Had they had they been uh, had they not been married, and Nathan not really being in the life of his wife and his his son she would have been able to get a lot more government assistance for uh, living this life outside of wedlock. And, and so it's, it's programs like that that disinv- they, they disincentivize good behavior. And, and we need to start incentivizing good behavior. And, again, it all comes back to when you don't understand how God designed everything to operate, you very quickly get off the course and you think that government becomes the answer, and then you create these incentive programs that actually incentivize people down paths of bad behavior. And so I think, that's, I think it's walking through them at the same time. I think you can help those who need help. Not every family's perfect. Not every family is, there's every, everything is, the, the world's falling apart, and I get that. But we have to make sure that we're incentivizing good behavior and not de-incentivizing it. So smart, Micah Beckwith. Okay, here's a question for you. Why do we have an entire generation that is dependent on the government? It seems like it in many cases. When you lose the faith perspective, when you lose what what God has called you to do, and God is saying, "Hey, look, look to me for your answers. Look to me for your values." Uh, the, where are they going to turn? They're going to turn to government. They're going to turn to uh, making sure like someone's going to provide for me. And so they look they look to government to be their God, and that's 
that's where things go go very, very badly, very, very quickly. Uh, Micah Beck with our guest. All right, big news yesterday. The Supreme Court told the ACLU to kick rocks on their uh, trying to get the abortion uh, restrictions overturned in Indiana. It was It is now ready to become law. Uh, very rare we say anything good about government in Indiana, but in this case, I think the uh, House and Senate did a pretty good job on this abortion bill. I'm glad it's law. What say you? Yeah, no, I'm glad it's law, too. I think it's... Uh, it was a hard-fought battle. It was the first abortion ban in the state, or I'm sorry, in the country, after Roe was overturned. Um, we had uh, the mantle, the eyes of the nation were, were turned towards Indiana, and we, I think we did, we did a good job. I don't think it was the – the, I, I think it could have been a little stronger personally, but, hey, listen, it was, it was a hard-fought battle. And I know the left, uh, Kamala Harris flew out to Indianapolis to fight against this, or flew out from D.C. to fight against against this uh and uh so they had they had all the big guns out working against what our legislature was trying to do so but over the course of this last year fighting this in the courts and 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 we finally saw uh justice prevail and and we have to recognize that it's this is about protecting life and the declaration of independence gives us the, the basis for what government's supposed to do. It's supposed to protect our life, our liberty, and our ability to pursue happiness. And this is exactly what needs to be done, not, in, not just in Indiana, but across uh, the, the, entire, the entire nation. So life, life is pinnacle, and we've got to protect it. Uh, real quick, I saw IndyStar about had an aneurysm the other day <laughs> because there's this big article that came out that IndyStar very upset. You were on the Hamilton East Public Library Board, and they were very upset that two of your members had a legal – uh, appeared in public together legally. They even asked the public access counselor, and he's kind of like, uh, yeah, they can totally do that. Why are you calling me? Um, and it is amazing how obsessed people are about library books and where they are in the library now. Well, I think we've exposed their agenda. I think we've we've seen that they have been trying to hypersexualize children, and they're pushing for this uh, this sexual content to fall into their hands. And it's amazing. Like, even... Even uh, you know city councilors and Fishers like Jocelyn Barr, who's she's a Democrat on the Fishers Council, she hates what we're doing. And I say to her, I said, Jocelyn, all we're trying to do is make sure explicit and harmful content doesn't fall into the hands of kids. We're just moving any of that stuff over to the adult section. We're not even taking it out of the library. We're just saying put it in the adult section so a ten year old doesn't pick it up unsuspecting what it is and then starts flipping through the pages because guess what you can't unsee some of that stuff mm -hmm. and they they hate it they hate it they hate it they want to put pornographic material in the hands of children that's just the end of story and so we've come in we've put a policy in place that says hey sexually explicit stuff that meets the standard we're not going to actually we're not going to let it stay in the teens or the kids section we're going to move it to the adult section and um and yeah to your point it's i think it's sort of expose their whole agenda I mean, and, uh, real quick though i mean for those who don't know indy star wrote that i mean it was like uh, imagine if they had put this much effort into figuring out where hogset was during the riots it's an expose like two of these members mm -hmm. of the board having coffee yeah in public and they write i mean it was uh, they, they did i can't imagine the amount of time and effort that went into this story and they call the public access council who's in charge of this stuff and he goes uh, yeah, there's uh, more than uh, three members on the board. They can totally meet in public. That's 100% not a quorum. <laughs> They're fine. It was like, you people wasted all that time and resource, and you, at the end it's like, oh, yeah, those people were abiding by the law. It is, I mean, it is, there is a weird obsession going on over you guys at the Hamilton East Public Library. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think they're they're you know they're trying to destroy. They're trying to do what the left does. They try to dis- kill, steal, and destroy. I mean, that's their that's their motto, right? And they uh, they they are anything that they can get their hands on. They're gonna they're gonna break it. They're gonna destroy it. They're gonna ruin it. And and I think. To that point, they didn't do anything wrong. Two people from the board getting together when you have a seven-person board is totally legal. The only thing that open-door laws dictate is that when you have four people – it, the majority of the board together, you can't do that. So, so we, I mean, we obviously boards and members of councils and boards, they communicate all the time. I mean, whether you're on a county council, city council, library board, in the legislature, wherever you're at, you're communicating with your fellow, uh, your peers and your counterparts all the time in some way, shape or form. You just can't do it with a quorum. And so, but what they were doing was fine. And to your point, the Indy Star, and this is what the Indy Star does, they drum up some nonsense to get the left riled up so that then the left will come out and start screaming at bloody murder at everyone they can and it will scare people into submission and it works i mean i hate to say it rob and casey but it works they these you have weak need leaders within our society and culture and when some you know blue-haired karen comes out and starts screaming at them they back down and they say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't know what to do. Just we'll, we'll be nice to you if you just be nice to us. But what we have to remember is you cannot pet a demon. Like, the demonic will not go away. And these people, I'm telling you, that are pushing this pedophilia into our culture are being influenced by the, by the demonic. Yeah, I, I, never, go- I, I never understood that, Beck. When people used to come scream at me all the time. I'd just laugh at them so they'd scream at me more. I don't, I don't understand why people are so afraid to be screamed at. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I'm the same way. It's like I, to me, I just I lo- I love it because I know I'm doing something right. You know, I'm over the target. Like if they weren't screaming at me, I'd be I'd be kind of concerned. I'd be like, um, uh oh, I'm yeah. not doing something I should be doing, right? So, but but that's not how most people are wired, unfortunately. That, well, that, from now on, anytime you go out and do anything, I want you to uh, notify everyone, put it on public notice, okay? <laughs> That's right. Hey, I'm going to go grab an energy drink at the gas station here after this, just so everybody knows. All right, Beckwith, you're the best. Thank you for all you do, and uh, keep up the great work. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Oliver Anthony's song, Rich Men North of Richmond, it has debuted on Billboard's Hot 100 song chart at number one. And uh, he's the first artist to launch at the top spot in the chart's history. No, there is no better example of where millions of people are in this country today than this guy and his song so this is i mean if you've been hiding under a rock this guy we're talking about he is some dude in the hills of virginia uh had by my understanding some serious issues with various vices uh looks the part of mountain man straight out of central casting recorded several songs on his cellular telephone was an amateur musician 
finally took a stab at, I don't know, either through donations or he found the money or whatever to record uh, a video professionally for the first time ever. And it is a song about how Americans, regular Americans, are getting screwed on a daily basis by politicians in Washington, D.C., done deliberately by politicians in Washington, D.C., who are interested in keeping you down at the expense of or in order to uh, lift up their donor lobbyist crony buddies. And it is the number one song in the country right now that uh, some obscure guy. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you made a movie about this, people would go, no way. Mm-hmm. And this dude is number one because people are sick, sick, sick of the politicians in this country. Yeah, it just is a testament to the hopelessness and the frustration that everybody is experiencing right now. And it's really resonating with this song. The song in of itself, it's not that special of a song, really. I mean, the guitar playing is average. His singing is okay. But it's the lyrics, which is really interesting. People are really connecting to the lyrics. See, you're proving my point here that I have made for years on this radio station, which is that lyrics are way more important than the music itself. Mm-hmm. And and what? T- nothing from Kev, the resident musician. Uh, say that again. The, <laughs> totally not even paying attention to our show. Sorry, I was thinking if I won the lotto last night. Yeah, the, I, I'm way more into the rhythm than the lyrics. Mm-hmm. See, personally. and this is why you're still floundering in many ways because this guy right here is proving that the lyrics are way more important than the music itself. Which is atypical because normally uh, someone with extensive experience uh, in the music industry it is women who pay attention to the lyrics and men usually pay attention to the rhythm or the beat of the song. But in this case, with this Oliver Anthony, men are really gravitating towards the lyrics. Women are as well. But I think that's what is propelling it to the top spot is because both men and women are connecting with this song. Oh, we got to get to this queen thing, but I'm going to call bull crap on what you just said. <laughs> you think so? There are countless number of male very hyper successful recording artists who were lyrically focused who their target audience is dudes mm-hmm. i mean springsteen warren zevon etc i mean there's a laundry list i think you're uh, that hurts me what you just said <laughs> i think it just to be totally dismissive you're sensitive you're more sensitive than most Rob. well you know me i mean i have said this for years and i own it look i am sentimental nostalgic about a bowel movement if if need be i mean so i'm not the average person but i do think there's a lot of people a lot of men do enjoy mm-hmm. lyrically challenging i'm not songs. saying i'm not saying that they don't i'm just saying typically it is women who pay more attention to the lyrics hey, I let, guess me, let fe- me ask you this do men and women uh, consume poetry Poetry? Sure. I, I don't think so. I don't think poetry Women is very do. popular. And I'm that's just my point is that without the music itself, you're mm-hmm. not gonna you're not gonna find the lyrics to be meaningful. Well, and that goes back to what I said, Kevin, that it's women who pay attention to the so lyrics we now and un- it's the beat and the music that drives the men. We yeah. now understand well, why I'm so beloved by women because I'm <laughs> able to tap into the right. softer sentimental yeah, side. Yeah, your sensibilities. So 
Oliver Anthony said that it's been a really difficult time for him to browse through all of the 50,000 plus messages yeah. that he's getting now. Good on him. Um, and, you know, he's getting all of this attention. He's been offered millions of dollars. And he says that he doesn't want it. He doesn't want six tour buses and 15 tractor trailers yeah. and, a, and a jet. I want it all, Casey. Give it to me. Not this guy. He doesn't want to play stadium shows, although his crowds are growing exponentially. If I get offered millions of dollars, you people are done. He says he doesn't want to be in the spotlight. Unlike Rob Kendall. They always give it to somebody who doesn't want it. Uh-huh. Hey, you know who deserves the spotlight is heavyweight. <laughs> Our Tru- man. Trucker John. Did you see? Hundreds of people went. and vi- So if you missed yesterday, Trucker John, maybe we'll play it again later in the show. We have a, re- a listener who is uh, Trucker John is what we have named him. His day job is he is a trucker. His night job slash hobby is he's a rapper. Mm-hmm. He called and told us this. We called Bull and said, yeah, right, sure, you're you're a rapper, right? Like Vivek Ramaswamy is a rapper. And he said, no, 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 I'm going to record you a song about terrible government by the Indiana Republican Party, and I'm going to do it as a rap. And he sent it over to us yesterday. And in addition, obviously, the thousands of people who heard it on this radio station, his YouTube channel, what is it? What is the name of the YouTube? I, I think it was Nebula, Nebula Entertainment. Nebula Entertainment. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Nebula Entertainment is his YouTube channel. He got hundreds of hits on this yesterday. Obviously, once again, clearly showing the immense power of this radio show, yeah. hopefully soon to be award-winning radio show. And uh, so, yeah, good job on Trucker John. Maybe we'll play that again during our voicemail segment because people loved that song yeah. yesterday. I think it should be the new intro for the show. I got Do you think that. so? Probably <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Oh, we didn't even get to Queen. No, we didn't get to Queen. Fat Bottom Girls becoming the latest victim to cancel culture. It's being dropped from their new greatest hits collection, which is targeted for younger listeners. Wait, wait. They're saying women are going to be offended if they're told, just hearing the words Fat Bottom Girls? Fat Bottom Girls is offensive. So it's not on the greatest hits collection anymore. Fat Bottom Girls, they do. They make the rockin' world go round. That's good stuff. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.